I think that both those, both those, uh, just both those words from the Lord really provide a good intro and and something that, um, you know, when I talk about what I'm going to talk about today, um, you have to remember the, those things. We have to remember first of all that um, God has won the victory and given us power over the enemy, and we're able to to walk in that and. We have to remember that Jesus is there in our weaknesses and that He loves us, that He is He is just so in love with us. And everything He does is out of love. God can do nothing apart from Himself. Everything God does is good. Everything uh, God does is, is uh, kind. I mean, whoever God... I mean, all the attributes of God, all that God does is holy. All that God does is worthy of praise. Uh, and so everything, every single thing he does, even when he comes at us and says, you know, that thought process you have there, we need to, we need to change it. We need to, we need to, you need to let go of that. That's, that's not true. That's a lie. Or, you know, he comes and corrects us or he comes and, and does different things. Every, every time it's out of love. We never, we should never take God coming to us, uh, even if it's for correction, out of anything other than love, out of anything other than His desire for us to walk in what He's already provided. Because Jesus did pay it all. And we're getting to walk and experience that each and every day in a new way. He invites us to experience what He's already done. Uh, he's, not, he's not having to do um, a new thing per se. I mean, we always say, God, do a new thing. Um, you know, it's new to us. It's not new to Him. It may be new to us, but the new thing is new to us. It's not new to him. It, it's all a part of what he wants and his desires and what he's he's been planning. And so, uh, be encouraged on that. Um, remember last week, um, we talked about healthy connections. And it's been co- kind of part of, uh, we've been talking about being authentic. And Annette, thank you. I mean, that's just another another part of being authentic is just expressing your, you know, Doubt or whatever, you, you know, expressing what's really going on inside of you rather than pretending. Pretending is not faith. Uh, pretending is just pretending. I mean, if, you know, faith is, is believing, is trusting. It's, it's not just acting like something. It's going, okay, I really, I really believe that. And when you really believe something, you act on it. Right? For example, um, if I told you, I, I read this in a book um, recently, just a, just a simple illustration of faith. If I told you that um, I deposited $5,000 in your bank account, you'd be excited, right? <laughs> no, some of you don't even care. Okay, I don't have, I mean, I'm not going to do that. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, if someone really got really excited, maybe I would have thought about it. But... <laughs> But look, let's say if I told you I deposited five thousand dollars in your in your checking account, um, you know you can either choose to believe that or not. Uh, it's not something you can see. I mean, you can call the bank and look maybe look at your statement online. It's kind of like looking at the Word of God, or the Scripture. Hey, what does it say? It says this. It says this is true. But the way I experience it and really believe it is, I go to the bank. And I pull out that money and I go spend it. Then that's faith. 
then I've trusted, hey, look, what you really said is true and it moves me to act. Because, man, if someone puts $5,000 in my bank account, I'm certainly going to at least go down to the bank and check and make sure. I'm going to go, is this really, you know, how did this happen? What's going on? Well, sir, somebody just deposited this in your account. So it's not, it's not from you. It's a gift. But you get to receive it and then... You know, if you needed if you needed something at the moment, then you go to the bank and pull out what's already there, even though I didn't see it with my eyes, my natural eyes. I had to hear it. Faith come, you know, by hearing. (laughs) But then I had to act on it. I don't know what that has to do with this this sermon, but we have to. (laughs) That's what that's what faith is. It's, it's acting on what God has already said, believing that it's true, and then it moves us to do something. It moves us to say, oh, that's really there, so I'm going to take some of that, and I'm going to use that for something good. Every single promise, God, is yes and amen in Jesus. And so when we come to talk about relationships, that it's in that connection, first of all, with Him, where all of that life flows. Remember John 15? If you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, just read John 15. It says, look, Jesus says, look, if you abide in Me, if you live in Me, if you're connected to Me, you'll bear much fruit. And He's not talking about oranges and apples that you eat. He's talking about a fruit of a good life, a fruit of a, of a, of a life that's full of God. Think about the things that, that, are, that come out of a life. I mean, look at Jesus. I mean, that's the best, best pictures. Look at whatever came out of the life of Jesus. That can come out of my life because I'm connected to the Father. Because I'm connected to God. And God's design is... I mean, think about God. God is a perfect... Uh, he's, he's three in one somehow. Okay, we read it, you know... It hurts my head sometimes. If you try to figure it out totally, I think that's why people, you know, they try to write out all this big theological thing about, you know, and some people fight over it. And, you know, I don't, I believe this is, you know, it's, it's really not three, it's just one, it's just different names. I, I mean, to me, at some point it doesn't really matter. God is going to be a little bit greater than our, our mind. I mean, and just, just let a little mystery be there. That makes him awesome. I mean, if you can understand everything about God, well, how is he awesome? It's when you go, whoa, that is, that is beyond my mind. That makes God awesome. And I know we use that word, we used to use that word like in the 80s or 90s a lot. But, you know, that's really, I mean, awe just means something that produces like, whoa, awe. Where you're speechless. And so God designed it to where we're connected with Him. And in that connection, we're able to connect with one another. And see, you're, you're getting me off track here. Okay? And so God, in the beginning, there was God, right? I mean, well, there wasn't really a beginning because He was always there. That will make your head hurt too. Okay? So God was always there. And, and He had this, this perfect relationship within Himself. Father, Son, and Spirit. How did that work? Man, I don't have, I mean, I can, I can read about it in, in the Word. I can experience God as, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the mind, sometimes, it goes a little bit beyond that. But there was perfect relationship, perfect connection, perfect intimacy, perfect communion, all wrapped up in who God is. And then God, because He was love, because love says, I must share this with someone, then that caused Him to create. 
to bring forth beings. And, and none of us know if this is the only world. What if there were like 25 other universes that God created to express His love and they were different? Can He do that? Yeah, He could. Did He? He didn't tell me, so I don't know. But so God had this perfect relationship within Himself and He wanted to share that, so He created. So He says, I want to share the joy of who I am. I want to share the love of who I am with someone else. So He created us. Created the angels first. That's what most people think. But He, you know, Satan was already in the garden somehow. Um, he'd already fallen. But He created us to be in relationship. And so He created us to be connected to Him in the same way. That God is connected within Himself. I know, I mean, even saying that, you're like, this just doesn't sound, sounds weird. But God created us then also to have that connection with someone else. That's what relationships are. Is we have the healthy connection with one another. And we, you know, I, I shared through them last week. You know, you've got you and God, then you and your spouse if you're married. Uh, you and your kids, if you're married and you have children. There's, con- there's all these different connections. If you're none of those things, if you're not married yet, then it's you and maybe your parents, and then you and other people, our friends, our relationships. But God designed us to have a connection with one another. There's a bond with one another. And He wants those things to be healthy. But what happens is... Um, th- I mean, it's using the illustration that Jesus says, you know, every bad tree... Bears bad fruit. Every good tree bears good fruit. Seems kind of obvious. But think about that. If you have a bad connection in a relationship, it's going to bear bad fruit. Destructive things are going to come. Toxic things are going to come from it. Things that are harmful are going to come from it. If I have a good connection with someone else, with my spouse, with my kids, with my whoever else I'm in a relationship with, friends... um, then what is that connection, that relationship with them? It's going to bring forth good things. There's going to be things for, that bring joy and blessing and, and encouragement and life. And so that, that's by design because then we're living in the essence of, of who God is. We don't ever become God or anything weird like that. There's nothing, I'm not saying any of that. So I like to mention that every once in a while make sure I don't get twisted around. And I quote John, man, it sounds like heresy. Get the whole thing. But that connection is where, that's where the, that's where the life flows. So life and death flow through relationships. Really? A bad connection. I mean, think about it. When, when a relationship is distorted and a father begins to beat his children, what fruit comes from that? Bad fruit. Anger, hatred, destructiveness, maybe violence towards someone else from the child. There's a dis, there's a, there's a connection, but it's really a disconnection. It's a connection that is, that is distorted, that's twisted, that's all gunked up. And so, we've been in 2 Corinthians and we come to, to this next part. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. If you want to turn there. We've been just going through the book here. And this is totally about connection. This is right exactly with what's going on. So turn there and say amen when you're there. If you want to. 
So 2 Corinthians 6. And see, Paul, this is one of those times... Have you ever read... The, uh, the Apostle Paul is the writer of 1 Corinthians. And he kind of... Every once in a while, Paul, it's like he almost jumps to another track. I mean, you've, I've seen in all of his books, he said, Oh, yeah, well, in this too. By the way, I'm just going to... You know, he's been talking about, Hey, open up your hearts to me. And I think it really does tie in, but it kind of... To me, it kind of jumps here a little bit. But, I, you know, Paul is just one of those preachers who just gets off on a... On a, oh, that reminds me of something. Let me go on that for a while. So this is what he says, 2 Corinthians 6. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For... We are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends... Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. You're like, Paul, man, that is like totally jumping around here from where what you were talking about. But in some ways it's not. He was talking about a heart connection with them. And he jumps and says, wait, look, you've got to understand there's some connections you don't want. I mean, that's really what he's saying. There's there's some relational connections that are not going to work together. And I want to address first seven one. Remember when Jerry Knutson was here? He said he talked about the scriptures that say, "Hey, you cleanse yourself." In other words, it doesn't say let Jesus cleanse you, does it? It right here in seven one. Does it say let Jesus cleanse you? No. What does it say? You cleanse yourself. Okay, and see, I kind of was, you know, I kind of have a problem with that when I first read it. Just being honest. I mean, you can kind of like, wait a second, God. I can't clean myself up. And I felt like the Lord just gave me a little picture, a little illustration with my own son. He said, look, right now, when I bathe Evan, it's all, it's mostly me, And a very little him. Um, you all had babies before, some of you. If you haven't, I mean, a bass, are, they're not too bad, really. They're not way better diaper changes. But, um, so, you know, but Evan doesn't know how to put the soap on. I mean, he doesn't know how, I mean, he knows how to splash and throw the ball in the bathtub. Um, but he doesn't know how to clean himself. Okay? So I clean him. I wash him. I use the washcloth. I wet his hair down. I put the shampoo in his hair. And um, and I rinse it out. What really cleans him? Not me. It's the, the cleaners. The shampoo. And the, and the soap, right? I mean, I'm doing it. But what's really doing it is... That's what's doing it. And, God, and what happened is, is Evan... Evan is not going to continue to do that his whole life. When he's Carrie's age, if he's... Still need me to bathe him? There's a serious problem. I mean, there's something wrong, right? I mean, your mom doesn't come in and bathe you anymore, does she? 
No, no, that would be weird. Okay, and I know this illustration can break down at certain points, but, but the Lord was telling me this. Look, as you grow in me, I have given you the power in me to cleanse yourself of things that don't belong. It's just like Evan, you know what he does now? He'll pick up the cup and dump it on himself. Because he's been watching his daddy do, learn how to clean himself. And so he begins to learn and grow. What is the power that still cleans us? The blood of Jesus. It's all Jesus. But we learn to say, look, I have Jesus in me. And I, he has led me and given me authority and power, as Aaron said. And so now I have the power and I have the authority and I have the effectiveness because it's, it's been given to me, the soap, as it were, it has been given to me to cleanse my body and soul of anything. It does say spirit there, I understand that. So, uh, of those things that don't belong. Anything that's a contaminant. Sometimes contaminants we can't see. I mean, if you're, at a, if you're at a mountain stream and someone dumps toxic waste in it way up, way up top, at the top of the mountain, it may look fine. The water may look fine, but it can have a contaminant in there and only a test will reveal what's there. And so God leads us. He says to test things. The Holy Spirit is the one that directs us. He's the one who is the answer, you know, is the tester that shows us those things. Hey, this is a contamination. And so we, that's what we're do, that's what we're talking about in the context of healthy connections is sometimes there's a connection that I need to cleanse myself up from. Sometimes there's a, there's a connection that's not good, that's not godly, that's not, that's not beneficial, it's unhealthy. And that's what he's saying here. Look, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. You know the picture of a yoke? Uh, like animals? That's what he's talking about there. Back in the day, they saw animals all the time, and so they knew what he was talking about. Us, we're like, I can tell you, I don't even know if I've ever even seen this in person. You know, Have I ever seen an animal yoked up to something? I haven't. I mean, I didn't grow up on a farm or anything, but... I've seen pictures in books, and what does it have? It says, don't be unequally yoked. In other words, in the Old Testament, it says it like this. And this is, you know, I think it was really just God being practical. Hey, don't put an ox and a donkey in the same yoke. <laughs> it's kind of like a duh moment, you know, really. Hello. Because there's going to be unequalness. I mean, the ox is way stronger, and it may want to go this way. And you know what's happened? The donkey may want to go this way because it's not too smart. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's trying to go this way, but it's still going to get dragged this way. But there's not going to be much work getting done because, because the ox is having to pull the donkey with it. And it's the same way in relationships that there's some time, there's some connections that we can't have. And specifically, this does address marriage. In other words, you know, don't marry an unbeliever. If you're not married yet, let me give you a clue here. Don't be unequally yoked. It's, it's, you know what? Can you still go places? Well, yeah. But there's going to be a lot of dragging, a lot of pulling, a lot of soreness on your neck, as it were. There's going to be a lot of conflict that goes on there if you do that. You know, can God still work it out? Well, yeah, God can work out anything. But why give Him something to work out? Why give Him extra? <laughs> So don't be, I mean, it's certainly first about that, um, because that is, I mean, that is the second most important relationship you will ever have is your spouse. 
That's the most, the deepest connection other than God that you will have with anybody. And see, that's what Paul is saying. Look, darkness and light, they can't go together. There's going to be points of intimacy that you will never have with that person. And if you do, somebody's going to get compromised. Something wrong is going to get happen. Either darkness is going to start moving the light or light is going to have to drag the darkness around. There's going to be things weighing your life down that weren't necessary. But I think it also applies to sometimes friendships. Now, let me say, I'm trying to be clear here. I'm saying this. I am not saying don't be friends with people who are not followers of Jesus. That is not what this is saying. Okay? That's not what this is saying. I do believe it is referring to, man, you know what your best friend? You know people that like are your best friend besides your spouse? I understand, you know, if you have a spouse. But the person that you're just like, man, I am just, there. we're just, it's like our hearts are connected. You know what? That's never really going to happen and something good from it with an unbeliever because there's going to be, there's, there can't be the fellowship there. There cannot be the, the intimacy. And usually, you know what? Um, you know, as Proverbs says, um, bad company corrupts good character. Usually it seems like when I've seen situations like that is the person who is, it's usually the stronger person, you know, the person in God and the person not in God uh, whoever's stronger is going to pull somebody. Somebody's going one way if there's this deep connection. And so I think it's, it's, it's valuable for us to examine our relationships. There's some times where God says, look, you have got to cut off this relationship. This is, this is not healthy. It doesn't mean that you might not somehow, sometime be in a relationship with that person again. Uh, you know, maybe you're not the one to lead them to Jesus. That's okay. Um, but the whole, and this is all done under the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, God will speak to you. But man, your closest friends, they've got to be somebody who's going to encourage you, who's going to speak something from the Holy Spirit, who's going to declare something to you. I mean, we've all experienced this, right? I lived in a house one time, man, where, where I was the only believer. I lived with three other unbelievers. And you know what? Uh, that house just didn't feel right. I'm not saying you can't live with other people. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I do it again or not. Um, you know, I like to at least even the odds out a little bit, um, you know. And I understand, hey, God is greater in me. Um, that is all true. I understand that. But there's sometimes when you're when you're in a in an environment so often, you're going to get dragged down, or you can, at least, it's at least possible that you can get dragged down. And so God doesn't want those unhealthy connections. He wants us to have connections that are healthy. Because then when my, when my close connections are healthy, that's when I can reach out to someone and pull them into the healthy connection and say, hey, come into Jesus. Come in with Him. When my connection is strong with Him and with the others that are close in my life, because it's all about relationships. So... Unhealthy, here's something I wrote down that's, that's a good explanation, I, I think, and you can take it for what it's worth. Um, unhealthy connections are established when I attempt to find purpose and fulfillment in relationship outside of God's design. So unhealthy connections are established when I attempt to find purpose and fulfillment in relationships outside of God's design. And the ultimate way, I mean, see, the enemy 
wants to, he can't create anything. And, and sin, as much of a persona as it, as it is, just the, the nastiness of what sin is, it corrupts stuff too. And so, it wants to take the good that God created for us to enjoy and be blessed with and twist it around so it can be used for harm in our lives. And that's what the enemy does. He can't create anything. He can only distort. He, he has no creative power. He has so little power compared to God, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, we're going to want, at the end, we're going to wonder, man, how did that... How did that being deceive us? I mean, how how did that being how did that how did that little thing compared to God once once we're you know when it's when the kingdom of heaven is coming it's all it's all over it's all done everything is fulfilled and realized hundred percent we're gonna go what what is up with that and so all he does is though he distorts things he he just twists them up and so when there's a kink and a connection when there's a twist if I twist up a hose there's no water flowing through it. I have a hose right now, and I need to put. The, I bought a new one because you know why. My garden hose. If I go move my sprinkler, it gets it has it gets all these kinks in it. And sometimes it's been doing it so much that there's almost like a permanent kink, and that can happen in our connections. Is like you know if I do something unhealthy for so long and I keep staying connected, eventually there's a permanent cutoff where the water won't come out. The water is on. There is water flowing in Midland right now, as nasty as it tastes. There is still flowing. But the hose is kinked, so the water will never flow out into the grass and give it life. And that's what happens in an unhealthy connection, is it kinks our relationships so that the life of God cannot flow through them. And God wants us to be free. God wants us to be to be totally living uh Without those unhealthy connections. And see, when, you be, when we become saved, what happens? God, we're made new on the inside, in our spirit, we talked about. And what God does in us, He begins to work through our soul and our body. It starts from the inside out. Our spirit is, to, I mean, right now, your spirit, if you're a Christian, is totally alive. There is nothing dark in there. There is, it's totally God and you connected in there. And God is working from the inside out to touch every part of who you are. Uh, spirit, soul, and body. And last week we said, look, the, the soul, that's your emotions, your affections. Affections, I think, can go to your spirit too. Uh, like godly affection, I think. But um, your, So your emotions, your will, how you make choices, and your mind, your thoughts. And God says, look, you need to renew your mind. What does that mean, man? I need, I need to have it. My the thoughts that I was having need to be wiped away, and there needs to be new ones there. I need to have the mind of Christ. And what does God think about that? And so that's that's our soul. And then you know, our you know what our body is. I don't have to explain that. So God designed us for connections in our spirit and our soul with one another, because we connect in spirit with one another as believers. But there's also there's also an emotional connection. There's also man, I, man, you're my friend. Oh, I really like you. I mean, hopefully, if you're friends, you like each other. You know, you're oh, you know, and you know what? My will is changed because of our connection. My affection for you makes me make certain choices. I say, oh, I'm gonna, I want to spend time with you, so I'm going to choose to do that. That's your will, that part of your soul, and so. 
um, the Bible talks about there's good connections and bad connections. Anybody ever heard the word soul ties? Who's, who's heard the word soul ties before? Okay. Okay, now I believe that word is not in the Bible. Okay. It's, it's, it's a, it's a word that we've chosen to use, that people have chosen to use to describe something that's, that I believe is said in the Bible. Look at, look at these scriptures, and there can be either good ones or bad ones. I think uh, the same word would be good connection, bad connection. Good relational connection, bad relational connection. It doesn't matter. You can call it whatever you want. I'm going to call it by the traditional name, soul ties, by its word. See, God created us to have that connection, that heart and emotional and, you know, soul connection with one another. That's, that's how we share in relationships is, is who we are. And our, we express it with our bodies, how we hug one another and, and say things to each other and encourage one another. But it's, it's about our whole self. See, God wants to redeem the whole self. He wants to change all of who we are. Not just, not just the inside and say, well, we'll get the outside later. When I come back and we're all in heaven, that'll all be done. Yeah, that's when it's all done. But the Bible says that God begins to work in us now and to change those things. I mean, have you had God change your mind before? I mean, man, I think differently than I did years ago. God is, God is renewing me and changing me. And he's, he sometimes has to cut things off. Just like Jesus says, you know, every branch that doesn't bear fruit, I gotta cut off. That's gotta be thrown into the fire. Same way, I gotta cut off some connections. If I've connected to something, not in my spirit, because it can't happen there. It's totally renewed. But if I'm connected in my soul, in my mind, in my emotions to something that's unhealthy, then you know what? That's how unhealthy things can flow into my lives. It's a source of, of, of life. Just like God wants to use our connections for His life being flowed through to us. Yeah, the enemy wants to use that connection to, to put dirt in the water. To put stuff in there that, man, it looks good, but oh man, it makes me sick later. And so there's, there's good soul ties and bad soul ties. One of the strongest ways that soul ties happen is between a husband and a wife in a sexual relationship. I don't see anybody super young here that I can't talk about this stuff. Look at Genesis. I just want us to look at the screen here. Genesis 2, 23 and 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, mother and be united to his wife. They will become one flesh. Matthew 19 says this. It's Jesus saying the same thing. Did I put that one in there? Negatory on John putting Matthew 19. Okay, Matthew 19, verses 5 and 6 says this. This is just Jesus talking about that same thing. Uh, Haven't you read that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female? And He said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one. Therefore what God has joined together... Let man not separate. And anybody who's been in a relationship like that knows that it's not just physical. When he's, the word one flesh in the Bible is not talking about, oh, there's just one, there's two bodies that become one. No, it's talking about two people whose selves are joined together. Body, soul, and spirit. When you have sex, it's a, it's a total experience. It's, it's your body is involved, your soul your mind, your emotions, and it's, it's an act of worship. 
when done in the right context, it's worship. It gives glory to God. God is honored in that, in that intimate connection of relationship with Him. And He even says, look, hey, my relationship with my people is that close. That's the way I want it to be. They're my bride. And so it's a picture of God's desire and intimacy when it's done in the right way. And so when, when a healthy connection is established, there is a godly soul tie. There's a connection between those two people that God intended and life flows into that and, and goodness and everything good flows in that, in that connection. First Samuel 18 talks about another kind. This is about Jonathan and David. You know, Jonathan and David in the Old Testament, I think one of the reasons God put that the, the, the account of what went on with them is just so we would know what good friends look like. Hey, here's what a good... And you know what? The world is trying to say these guys were gay. It's, it's just the most ridiculous thing in the world. Um, there's, you know, but there are people who teach, oh, this shows that these guys were gay. Uh, David was, would not have been... You know, anyway, just... It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's just a distortion. I mean, you can prove anything from the Bible if you want to. I mean, I guess just about... Uh, but it says, look, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. See, there was a friendship. There's also a connection in friendships that can be really deep and really intimate. And God wants that. God wants us to have people that we are close to, that we are joined together. And then once again, look, man, how much good flowed between David and Jonathan? Man, there was all kinds of good things. Were there challenges? Man, because Jonathan's father hated David. Yeah, there were some serious challenges and problems they had to work through. But because they were knit together in their soul, their friendship was not affected. Their relationship was not, was not damaged. And there was life and encouragement and strength that flowed from that. That's what God intended, a good connection. And so, there's also, though all these connections that are good can also have bad connections. Uh, Genesis 34, this is one of the most interesting stories uh, in the Old Testament. Genesis 34, verses 1 through 4. Um, did I put that one in? Um, see, I tried to do it from memory. Just turn there, Genesis 34, 1 through 4, real quick. I do want us to have time to respond. Okay, it says this, now Dinah, the daughter of Leah and born to Jacob, you know, Jacob and Esau, that's, that's who this guy is. Jacob had all those 12 tribes of Israel, the kids, went out to visit women of the land. When Shechem, they're, so they're, they're in a foreign land. When Shechem, son of Hamor, the Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and violated her. He raped her. And then look what it says. After that, his heart was drawn to Dinah, daughter of Jacob, and he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. And Shechem said to his father, Hamor, get me this girl as my, as my wife. Now, doesn't that look a little bit backwards to you? Doesn't that look a little bit... Wait a second. It says, first he violated her, and then his heart was drawn toward her. Because what, was hap- what happened right there? Sultai. Unhealthy connection. It was a bad one. See, every single person 
And the most, the strongest soul ties happen in the area of sex. When I sleep, if I sleep with someone outside of my spouse, I am taking myself and joining, joining myself with them. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. Do you have 1 Corinthians 6 in there, Greg? Okay, let's look at this one. Look, this is Paul talking about this to the Corinthian church in the first letter. He says, look, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. And then he begins to talk about this. Because what was happening was in Corinth, they kind of had this prostitution temple worship thing. Basically, Corinth was kind of like America. Just lots of sex. I mean, I hope you're not shocked I'm using the S word in church. But um, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Look, so he's talking to believers right now. This, is, this message is not to unbelievers. Do you not know that your bodies are members? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Apparently there's some people who's like, oh, it's still fine. You know, that's, God's, on, in, God's in my spirit. It doesn't matter what else I do. Okay? Never! That's, I like that. It's on one, one page. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? And look what it references. For it said, the two will become one flesh. What does it keep? But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Is that all of it? Let's stop there. That's, that's probably good enough. Uh, we get the picture. In other words, Paul's saying, look. There is an unhealthy connection that happens every time you do this. Because you know what? It was, sex was created to be the most intimate connection between two human beings as possible. It joins you with them, not just physically, but also in your soul. And so, when you've had your soul been being passed out and ripped apart and all that kind of stuff so many times, there's, there's an unhealthy connection. And I don't want to go... Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but those unhealthy connections, can't, they only bring unhealthy things. And I look around at the room here and I'm thinking, why in the world am I preaching this message? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but there may be something because see, there's, and there's, and because we look at the picture of David and Jonathan, I believe on a lesser extent, there's also sometimes where we develop a, a wrong friendship. Man, if you hang around with someone who drinks too much all the time, sometimes what happens is I've seen it with believers, and they're good believers, is they just start going in and then they're getting drunk all of a sudden. It's like, wait a second, what what is going on here? But they've they've joined they've had a connection that's that's not good, it's unhealthy, it's an ungodly soul tie that's that you're joining your 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 will and your heart, you know, your emotions, your desires with that person, and you know what? You're in a yoke where, man, people are pulling different directions. And so you're going to either get scraped dragging somebody or they're going to drag you somewhere else. 
And so God wants us to be free from every single unhealthy connection. He wants to break because part of walking in healthy connection is for me to cut off those things that are not healthy. If you want to make a tree good, you have to chop off the... If there's a sickness or a disease on my rose bush over there, man, I've got to chop that that part off. I just have to get rid of it. I don't have to just... I'm just going to pray for that thing and hopefully... Hopefully that it won't spread. No, you just you just chop it off right there. Man, if there's a disease going through something, you know, you want to get rid of that part, you know, that's so it doesn't infect the whole the whole thing. And it's the same same way with us in our lives that we don't want, you know, is anything infecting our spirit? No. Our our spirit's connected to God, but there's other stuff going on where our spirit's trying to control us, but yet our soul is drawn somewhere else. And so God speaks to us and our mind is somewhere else and it's being drawn somewhere else. It's not being empowered and led and filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we, have, we get to allow Him to do that. And one of the ways we allow that to do that is allow God to cut off that bad connection. And so sometimes, man, sometimes these connections go way back. I mean, I, I know people who've, Man, there's sometimes a connection that can happen between a parents and a children that's unhealthy. And it's like the parents don't let go of the child when they get married. And so it's like the, the, mother, the mother-in-law always is in the house. What, what is that? That's an unhealthy connection that needs to be cut off. That you need to allow the Holy Spirit to say, hey, we need to break that. Whose power breaks it? His power sanctification, God working through us from the inside out. He begins to hack off those things that are trying to to yank us and pull us away. Who's stronger? The Holy Spirit in us. Greater is He than is in me than is He that's in the world. But God has also given us a will, and so we have to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, take care of that. Yes, Lord, break that. Holy Spirit, I invite you to break this soul tie with this person. And I'm, I'm, and you know, I'm looking at, looking around the room, saying, "Hey, there's pretty good believers here, you know." But man, maybe if you, if you were with someone before you were married and you never broke that soul tie with that other person, there, I'm just saying, let God speak to you. I don't know. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you because there may need to be something broken to where you can now give yourself more fully to your spouse. Because all of you, part of you is missing. You gave part of you away to someone else, and you need to get it back. And the way you get that back is to. Allow the Holy Spirit to chop that thing up. To say, I'm going to break that soul tie. I break my agreement. In other words, what agreement is there between, you know, Christ and Belial? There's nothing, you know, if I'm in agreement, hey, that's okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but if I say, no, I, I'm not in agreement with that, then the Holy Spirit says, okay, let's break that. Let's cut that connection. Let's break it off. I mean, God was doing that with me this week. Uh, he prepared the message and he just kind of brought a couple of things up. Does it have to be some big, huge... No. God's power is, is instantaneous. I mean, you just have to deal with it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Say, Lord, I want you to break this, this connection with this person that I have, this old girlfriend, this old boyfriend, this, this, you know, this old friend that you know, keeps trying to pull me down. No, I'm cutting off that connection right now. And Lord, Holy Spirit, I invite you, if there is anything in my soul that's connected to them, my mind, my emotions, my you know, my will, then, then cut that off, Lord, and I break that soul tie in Jesus' name. That's how, you, that's how you break them. You invite the Holy Spirit to come to show you, and He comes and wells up within you with living water and shows you. And so I'd be really remiss to, to do a message like this and not give us time to respond. And so I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to just lead us in a in a song. I'm going to allow the rest of the worship team to just take a break here. Um, but I'd like, uh, if Greg, you can come down to help pray. That would be wonderful. Um, so I want the if the elders can be available for prayer, and Narda and Edie can be a team as well. Um, we're missing some of our elders today. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm just inviting God to speak to you and say, hey, is there some unhealthy connection that I need to take care of right now? And you might want to have someone agree with you. You don't have to. But if you want someone to pray with you, I know these people know what they're doing if they're praying for this type of thing. And um, if if you're a man, please don't go to Narda and Edie about, you know, Issues that don't need to be with Narda and Edie, if you understand. If you're a man, just go to one of the couples. And so I want us to, to just really just take some time to respond and, and see what God does, see what God speaks to us.